Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. She to whom courtesy was given is unable to give respect. The response of Vice President Sarah Duterte, who is concurrent secretary of the Department of Education, when asked why she is singling out Senator Ana Teresia Ontiveros and Representative France Castro to lash out at for criticizing her confidential funds in 2024 and calling out the unconstitutionality of her P125 million confidential fund in 2022, is patently disturbing. Without any hesitation, she declared that she does not respect the two female opposition legislators. It is troubling because just days ago, she was accorded the respect due her office when the House Committee reviewing the budget of her office did not allow any member to ask questions, and the Senate Committee swiftly approved the same budget despite valid points raised by Senators Onaveros and Aquilino Pimentel Jr. And now, she openly declared her disrespect for two elected legislators who were just doing their job scrutinizing how the people's money will be spent. What makes the situation aggravating is the fact that Castro was already disrespected by her own colleagues when her microphone was cut off. Duterte's action does not bode well for the country if she becomes president. She is now telling us that she cannot tolerate scrutiny and criticism, and that instead of answering questions raised, she would instead respond with an ad hominem attack, focusing on Ontivero's alleged flair for drama and red-tagging Castro by citing the cases filed against her, many of which were already dismissed. Duterte's response actually begs a lot of questions. Ontivero's flair for drama, granting without admitting it is true, or Castro's previous record of arrests, her dismissed cases and her pending one are irrelevant to the very valid points they raised about the rationale behind giving P500 million in confidential funds to an office whose main functions do not require the conduct of surveillance operations. Duterte accuses Ontiveros, Castro and those who criticize her of failing to provide evidence to prove she misused the funds. She is actually gaslighting her critics and is also deploying squid tactics. Confidential funds are beyond scrutiny since their audit reports are not disclosed to the public. However, while her 2024 budget may escape scrutiny since it is still a proposal, her 2022 confidential funds can be scrutinized. The fact that she spent P125 million during the last 19 days of 2022 raises enough red flags. More importantly, the evidence of wrongdoing does not necessarily lie in how the money was spent. The evidence is when P125 million from the president's contingent funds were transferred to Duterte's office and became a lump-sum discretionary confidential fund despite not having been allotted by Congress as a budget item in 2022, practically violating not only Section 25.5 of Article V of the Constitution, but also established jurisprudence in Arreolo v. Aquino. Duterte deflects the questions demanding her response by instead focusing on the flaws of those who dare ask her. However, Ontivero's alleged flair for the dramatic and Castro's previous arrest and prosecution do not diminish the validity of their representation of public interest as the people's elected representatives. The essence of democracy does not hinge only on the rule of the majority, but also on the respect accorded to the minority. Ontivero's and Castro are both from the minority. When Duterte denies them the respect they deserve when they perform their duties as opposition members, then she is in effect undermining the democratic spirit, and is contributing to the democratic deficit. It is alarming to reflect on the fact that if Duterte can do this to elected representatives, then she can very easily do this to ordinary people. We can recall how she manhandled a sheriff who displeased her even if he was just doing his job. 
we cannot but be worried what she would do to those who displease her if and when she happens to win the presidency in 2028. It is, however, saddening that the majority of the people appear either unconcerned, or worse, supportive of Duterte's style of dealing with criticism. She remains more popular than President Ferdinand Marcos Jr., if we believe the surveys. Her popularity is driven less by rational judgment than out of blind loyalty to the Duterte brand, amplified by a vast majority of people whose idea of leadership is brute authority and bravado. These are the same traits which propelled her father, former President Rodrigo Duterte, into the hearts and minds of many Filipinos. These traits are also the same ones which critics of President Marcos allege he lacks and thus render him soft and weak. Indeed, Marcos is the total opposite of Vice President Duterte and her father. Marcos does not display publicly his anger, and has not diminished, demeaned and disrespected even his harshest critics. It is telling that many Filipinos see this as a weakness. Many would prefer Duterte the father who curses his enemies and Duterte the daughter who openly disrespects her critics. Strength and authority to many are best expressed when one orders the police to kill drug criminals and leftist rebels, or when one actually slaps a sheriff. In reality, any student of politics would know that the weakest form of power is one that requires coercion, where compliance is ensured by sheer brute force. Power is strongest when it is exercised quietly and where there is no more need to point a gun at people to make them do things which they would not otherwise do. If one uses the ideological compass, it is safe to speculate that while Sara Duterte may be progressive in her gender politics vis-à-vis the LGBTQ, her politics is very masculine, very right-wing and is far from being socially libertarian. She focuses much of her public declarations on right-wing issues like order and discipline, from Spartan bear classrooms to compulsory military training. She demands confidential funds to be spent on surveillance operations against progressive activist teachers that she read tags. It appears that her view of education is less about authentic learning but more on obedience and regimented rituals.